Hi, it's Ethan Hayter and you're listening to Quick Link Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to Quick Link Podcast. We have a weekly waffle show for you today featuring a few of the team having a chat about the week in cycling racing. So there's been a few good races this week. We've got loads to talk about. So without further ado, let's introduce everyone. I'm Katie. We also have Anna. Oh, hi guys. I'm here to talk about racing. Excellent. Glad to hear that. We have Lena all the way from Germany. Hello, everybody. And we have Gray, regular show host, who is popping in to join us. Hi, everybody. Nice to be back on a waffle. It's been quite a while. It always has been too long, hasn't it, I find. Right. So um, we've got, on the one hand, we've got some classics to talk about. It's been a really busy week um, over in Belgium. Lots of fun stuff to talk about there. And on the other hand, we have uh, week-long stage racing in Spain. So two really different elements of the sport to talk about. Uh, shall we begin in Spain, where it wasn't sunny. It was pissing it down with rain, basically. Um, and actually, the weather over here was much nicer, which was hilarious. So <laughs> um, talking points from... Catalonia guys what what did you pick up on what did you enjoy about the race it was really exciting I thought um my, yeah I thought oh, sorry Gray, you go first oh thank you um that's right my first thought is Shao Almeida absolutely ballsing it up on the final day or oh, sorry on the penultimate day um missed the move on that first climb where Higita and Carapaz went away I just don't think UAE can rely on him as a team leader do you think it's his leadership skills that are lacking or the team plan somehow isn't being communicated properly? Because it seemed to me all week as if they didn't really know who they were riding for. Yeah, no, I think, I, I think you're right. that um, They went into that a bit like the old Movistar problem where they've gone, ah, whatever, see what happens. There's three of them that can do it, but then don't support any specific person to, a, you know, to, to an end point. And then just come up, come up short. Mm-hmm. They've done it before, haven't they? You know, sending, oh, you know, these are our, we've got a few leaders going in, but then don't actually, you know, back one horse, as it were. And then it kind of just falls apart a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it works. You can do that when you're in EOS sometimes. It doesn't always work. But in, because in EOS have st- such strong leaders, it sort of occasionally works. But the problem with UAE, I think, especially this last week, is that they had Joao Almeida, who could be a really good leader, but is still quite new to that role. And Juan Ayuso, who, again, would, will be brilliant, um, mm, a brilliant GC yeah. leader. But is, again, is, he's only, what is he, 21? Well, is he that old? I thought he was like 19 or he something. He might be even but... less, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not very good with ages. Lena, what did you oh, yeah. make of Catalonia? Everyone was sick again. Again. Oh, I'd forgotten about <laughs> yes. the sickness oh, yes. already. It yes. so blue. long ago. It, yeah. was, it, it feels that way so long ago, but I still remember uh, when, when Yates looked really good, Matthews won, and suddenly uh, Team Bike Exchange uh, was, was there anymore, or was only half yeah. there. And I think Ineos also lost half of their riders. Mm. Didn't Pitcock go home? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and then I was surprised that he was doing so well today, but later to that. Um, yeah, everyone was sick again. And uh, yeah, I was surprised by Higita. He did really well. I'm generally surprised by, by Bora because either they do really good and win or they do 
really badly and they are nowhere to be seen in the top 10 this season. I, I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, don't really know. Maybe they are also um, plagued with a lot of sickness. I think that's one of the reasons. And then UAE is weird. I, I thought they had a really young team there and maybe that was one of the reasons that they didn't have an experienced road captain who maybe could tell we need to commit here or that the DS couldn't, couldn't say it. But on paper, they have enough experienced riders. Yeah, I mean, they've got, they have, uh, they had George Bennett there. They had, that was Rafa Micah there. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't no. think he was one. Well. Uh, no, yeah, no, not a, no, he wasn't. No, a UAE. Yeah, uh, Ru- yeah. Rui Costa, um, Evo uh, Oliveira, Mark Soler, uh, Juan Milano. Mm. Yeah, Milano and Bennett were there. Yes. Yeah, Bennett. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On on paper, they had enough experience there, but I don't know. It was weird, technically, very movie styleesque. Yeah, it was. It was. It's almost as if without Pogacar there to kind of be behind, he's such a dominant presence, both obviously in terms of his abilities, and I think as as a character, he's developed very rapidly into a a strong leader. And um, when he's not there, it's as though they they've, they've recruited all these great names, these really good riders, great team players, but. There's no central focus for it any, at the moment, so they're just kind of drifting about. I also, yeah. I also had a thought in the last tour, if Pogacar hadn't gone on his raid when he did, um, when when he took off and Carapaz couldn't take it and everyone else um, raided back in Carapaz, but Pogacar went off, we would have really spoken differently about UAE because the stage before that was went really really badly and. Uh, they couldn't um, keep the peloton in check and it was a really hard um, stage for them. And I still remember they were talking points about UAE as a team, um, about their strength of the riders, but also about their, their tactics. But the next day, Pogacar went on his raid and it didn't matter anymore. He has this ability to to decide for himself and he puts his foot down and, yeah, the race is decided. Yeah, it's an interesting contrast, isn't it, to a team like like Ineos or Yuma Visma who, you know, are very united behind a leader and um, they ride in a very planned way. Whereas, as you say, with UAE last season, it was a bit of a mess because it was kind of, they were newly uniting behind Pogacar after realising how good he was. Um, so then over the break, they've recruited lots of domestiques for him <laughs> um, without a plan of what to do when he isn't actually in the race, it seems. But isn't that the? Uh, I mean, they have they have several ideas. Shouldn't someone say, "Yeah, we go there with two leaders and see who does better"? And the one who has on the queen stage uh, is in the lead is our GC candidate. Wouldn't uh, I'm not a DS, but they played themselves there. Yeah. Indeed. The thing with the UAE is I don't understand who their plan B is if Pogaccia is not racing. So you've got like Ackerman, Ayusu, Bennett, Covey, uh, Fisher's Black, oh. Milano, Talaya, but none of these are GC winners. I, I don't get what the, a bit like uh, Ineos a few years ago, or Sky as it was a couple of years ago. I don't see what their long-term plan is. It's it's all based around one man, and that's Tadej Pogacar, which 
to be honest, is you know, a good man to base your strategy around. But if he's not at the race, I don't understand what they're doing. And it looks like they don't understand what they're doing either. No, it's weird. I don't know where they go, really. It's as though they're just sort of twiddling their thumbs until a race when Pog's in it. Or or, or like a one-day race where somebody like Covey or um, or um, Trentine can, you know, peg off the front. Sorry, do you mean Quick Link adopts Alessandro Covey? Oh, oh yes. Yes, I do. Quick am Link's I, current still, winner. Still, still I don't know, actually. Anna, Anna's uh, well, I can confirm as the, the official record keeper that, um, yes, uh, Gray might kind of be drastically in the lead uh, by a couple, couple of hundred points, um, maybe double the points to the person in a second, who's no longer me. So I'm a bit sad about that. We'll, we'll move there on swiftly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, there's a lot of illness. Hashtag <laughs> stop the count. <laughs> stop the count. The peloton looks very different, actually. As soon as Lena w- was mentioning Matthews and... Um, somebody else that wasn't there at the end. There was there was the peloton at the beginning of Catalonia looked very a very different peloton by the end, and it yeah it did allow well, for not some any... chaos, which was pretty awesome actually yeah. in terms of racing. Yeah, I think it's quite unsettled as well because there was quite a few sort of incidents as well. I mean, because obviously there was Corbelli, um, mm. unfortunately mm. had that unfortunate um, health incident um, after coming second on the first stage. So that's probably sort of unsettled things. Then you've got all the sickness going on. Um, so, yeah, you've got um, Matthias Skelmus. I'm sorry, I'm not sure how to pronounce his surname properly, so apologies. Uh, going off a cliff and then just getting back on his bike. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it was quite a dramatic... Yeah, it was quite a dramatic race all round, wasn't it? Um, but yeah. It was. I, yeah. I loved... I just... I, that was that was an exceptional moment of like chaos. It was a chaotic race, and it got more chaotic as it went on, as as mm. more and more people dropped out, and there was less and less control. Yeah. And I feel as though, yeah. actually, like the rest of the peloton, maybe were quite happy to to not bully UAE so much, but at least <laughs> you know prove a point. Like it's not all about you. We can we can yeah. get up in there and you know get some results. Well, it was the uh, the, the Volta Australia, wasn't it, for the first three stages? So you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, three was... wins in three days for Australian yeah. riders. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I mean, that was uh, I, I really wish that they'd carried on for the whole thing, um, but unfortunately, <laughs> that wasn't to be. That was probably a bit of an ambition, uh, but it would have been amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> so yeah, it was good to see some just a different selection of winners. Um, it was really good with that yeah yeah so that was a, it was a great week race um obviously that refers if we get round to uh chopping in peter's segment which he recorded he mentioned um uae's tactics and that was a question he had for us did we think that uae are tactically flawed and i think we've concluded that they are i must admit peter threw some spectacular shade on spanish week-long stage races which i will defend just dr- like dramatically um to the death mm-hmm. because i love them well, folks, it's been a great week of racing this this past week, to be fair. Um, I was really, really happy that Binyam got a massive win to to, to win a, a Belgian classic like Gendlovergem in Flandersfields. That's huge. And I guess, in a way, like everything was building to that. It was... You know, coming off the back of a spring campaign where he was in the lead group in Milan-San Remo. He was 
he showed well at E3. I think if anyone underestimated him going into that race, it was surely to their detriment. I think he's a, an incredible rider. Um, one question I have for the group is, is too much expected of him? In the way that every Fran- uh, every French rider who can vaguely go quick on a bike uphill is touted as the next great, like the next big thing for the Tour de France and their, their future winner. Do we put too much pressure and expectation on what is still a 21-year-old? He might be a superstar cyclist, but he's still 21. That's a lot of pressure and expectation to put on him. Um, over in Catalonia, we saw some great riding. Um, very interesting stage race. Um, normally, I, I'm not one for the, the Spanish week-long stage races. I feel, you know, just a placement on the calendar... There's the more exciting classics going on around the same time. I'm like, if I've got to watch one or the other, I'll watch the classics. Um, but I found it really exciting that sort of raid by Igita and uh, Carapaz on a now gold bike. I do like that it's gold. Um, but a couple of things came up. One from commentary, um, which I'll address in a second... The other one, I believe, from Benji, uh, Benji Narsen on on Twitter, he said that like, without Pogacar, like UAE are tactically flawed, and potentially even with him, they're tactically flawed. But he's just so much better than everyone else that it gets covered up. So really, that's kind of my my question for the group. Is, like, are UAE a team? Or are they simply a series of individuals in a trench coat? Because, you know, tactically there seems to be something missing. And, you know, it, it tripped them up. It costs Zhao Almeida a win. And the other thing, the the thing from commentary was, was Brian Smith um, bemoaning how... Uh, Arkea Samsic rode at Kerner Brussels Kerner um, some time ago where they had multiple top 10s in the same one day race but no one would uh, and his argument was like if you race you race to win and that's it but they're doing something unconventional they're racing to score points they're sending good riders to to races that suit their characteristics and they're getting multiple placements and that's scoring them a lot of points which could become very valuable at the end of the year um, when it comes to deciding who gets to ride in the world tour you know should we like should we celebrate how they're riding or do we think he he's right? My personal opinion is that I really enjoy the racing because it makes them race for everything. You could, well, you have seen earlier in the year 
whenever Pogacar attacks, you just like, oh, I'll race for second then. Whereas here for Arkea, second means something. Ninth means something. Tenth means something. It You know, everything's worth racing for. And that, you know, the, the higher the stakes, the the more exciting the racing is. So those are my thoughts. Uh, I look forward to hearing what other people make of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they, however you're saying, <laughs> I love them. But then again, yeah. also, as he rightly pointed out, we have the classics going on at the same time. So it's a really interesting contrast at this time of year in cycling to have these grim, cobbled races going on and then this this well, usually beautiful sunshine in Spain, yeah. but they they actually yeah. switched weathers. Um, we had wonderful mm-hmm. weather in Belgium, didn't we? So, what? Where do we do we start back at E three, or do we begin with Kemp Wevelgem? Bray, you're cool. Th- um, oh gosh, okay. Oh, it's on. It's on me, isn't it? Um, let's start with E three then. Let's. That was good, wasn't it? He says, as he. Wout van Aert came first. Rapidly, Chris Chris Chris. came second. <laughs> by the tiniest of margins <laughs> because they crossed the line and basically holding hands. So yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Which should be a amazing. disqualification. Yeah, no. <laughs> Fruity celebration, DQ. Congratulations <laughs> to Stefan Kuhn on winning something. E3. <laughs> winning well, something. Stefan Kuhn better win something soon, hasn't he? I mean, mm-hmm. I just feel so. He desperately wants it, doesn't he? Stefan can see and it. Victor Campenarts are like the MVPs oh, yeah. of classic season so far. Yeah. Next time, guys. Next time. They just need to go off together. and Well, they try that every time, bless them. But they do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, E3 was a good race. Um, it had, obviously, some absolute dominance from Jumbo Visma, tactically speaking. Um, and we had a little sort of a flavour of what was to come with um, Binium coming fifth. And everyone went, oh, Okay. <laughs> and he said, yeah. it, he said straight after, I've never ridden these rows before. In fact, this is the first time I've ever ridden on cobbles. I've never, I didn't I, do any recon. I, um, and and Wout wow. Van Aert apparently spat his dinner out when he heard that and said, wow, <laughs> that's like, which I think is, you know, testament to just how talented he is. Um, somebody else speak now. Yeah. <laughs> At E3, I, I just don't understand how the, chasing group just did not chase it down uh, uh, uh mad um yeah just looked around at each other but yeah, when uh, La- laporte and van art go there's two up the road from the same team they're gonna you know do a triple t between themselves yeah madness yeah um yeah i think um de Kernick dropped the bollock oh they're not de Kernick anymore are they they're quick set alpha vinyl Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think they massively dropped the ball, and I think Yumbo Visma are now the uh, now the Springs Classics team. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's it, the the absence of Quick Step from this classic season is just it's bizarre. I mean, Casper Asgreen's been up there or thereabouts in most of them um, alone. Yeah, it was tenth you know. in E three, wasn't it? He was tenth. Yeah, exactly. He was tenth. Yeah, he, he did reasonably well. At, where we're going to think i'm trying to remember they, they all start to blur into one but he's always yeah. he's notable by the fact that he's by himself he he does the work to get into the front group and that's it whereas normally you're you're used to seeing three from quick step at least in the final selection yeah yeah 
Yeah, well, fan art and Laporte definitely seem to be like the uh, um, a great working partnership. They seem to work well together, don't they? You know, I mean, that's twice across the line, pretty much at the same time now, isn't it? Yeah, the season. And Laporte and got I bet we're going on Sunday as well. So yeah, nearly got his own rewards. Yeah, so I bet we're going to see it a lot more. So let's move on to Gent Wevelgem then. Um, once again, obviously, Yimbervism were up there involved, but it was a different story um, in the end. So how did everybody feel about, about that well, race? Well, what an inspirational and fantastic win. Coming from this, from a, uh, you know, a, a cis white male media group, I don't want to patronise the win because I, I feel like some of the media coverage has been a bit patronising. But for an inspirational win, Binu Gamai, just fucking amazing, actually. <laughs> um, that's the only way to put it. Like, it's sh- shaken the sport up. Um, people like Pro Cycling Stats must be pissing in their pants about this kind of thing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, and also, fuck Pro Cycling Stats. But... Yeah, yeah. What what a fantastic win! The four up just went up, went and took it to the line. Um, and yeah, actually inspirational. I mean, I'm not I'm not a African black child, but if I, there must be millions who have looked at that, and you know, there's a route into the sport for for the minorities. Um, this is really hard as you know, like I said, as like a cis white male to say. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, like the opportunities are there. I hope this is inspirational for them without being patronizing, you know, treading on eggshells yeah. here. I uh, think we it can was, all... it was a it was a fucking brilliant win. It was amazing. And I think we I, can all I agree think that anyone, yeah, I don't think anyone would have turned that down. It was, yeah, I think it was. I've never seen such a sort of a unity of reaction across social media and just the sport in general as it's so positive and it's just so as you say we, i mean it's you, you hate to try and make it about anyone else but him um and in fact we'll we'll dip back into peter's segment um his question for us as a team was is there too much expectation on on him um but i would say i don't think so because i feel as though anything everything he does at the moment is 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 amazing like i, I wouldn't yeah. i never would have expected him to to top 10 a classic not really because, well i just like just because of the people that are around him the, the the quality of the field and the fact that he hasn't had any experience on it and he went in he got fifth on on friday and then won the thing i mean it's absolutely incredible it would be incredible for any rider but the signif- his significance to the wider world of sport and the future of the sport is just it's, you can't, you just can't match that. It's incredible. Oh, I think yeah. it's always, it's, I, so, sorry, Anne. I think he's always been a rider that's been like bouncing about like the top 20 in a finish like this. Mm. Um, and again, I don't want to patronize the finish of it, but he's been up there and thereabouts. Yeah, in, but this in, win in sprints, is but this significant just, and historic. The, the fact that it's in, you know. He's. I've. You've seen him in sprint finishes, and he won. He won in um, in Mallorca. Did he win in Mallorca, or did he come second? Yes, he yes. Did, yeah, well, yeah. He's been. Yeah. He's been. You know, his, his form's clearly there, but in a race like this, where you know it's it's a different prospect, and just yeah, he absolutely smashed it, didn't he? 
Yeah. Well, I, yes. I, I generally absolutely agree with you, but I had a bit of a different experience. I don't know. It felt to me like everyone was expecting his big win. Uh, maybe it was just my my feeling. I don't know. But um, after he um, got uh, did so well at the U23 World Championship last year and then his win in uh, Mallorca, I thought, okay, it's just a matter of time, just a matter of waiting. And uh, I don't know, I had uh, had him um, for Milano Sanremo as a dark horse, as a surprise winner, if the chances lined up correctly. They didn't for him, but um, yeah, they did ex exactly line up for him correctly in this race, and he smashed it. So I, it wasn't like I thought he would definitely win. He wasn't my, my, my first choice pick or my, my definite favorite, but he was like, for me, he was always there in the background. And if Lady Duck was on his side, I thought he could make it. Yeah. He proved your faith in him then. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, I fully expected to see him getting wins at, you know, maybe some, maybe a stage of, of a grand tour this year. Like, and that was obviously hopefully still on the cards for him for sure. Um, but yeah, just yeah, it was really, really great. And obviously, like as we we say in, in many different circumstances, representation matters so much, um, and that's why it's so important for him to be so visible. Um, and obviously, the pictures yeah. of him going home have just come out today. Has anybody seen them? I've not seen those yet. Mm -mm. No, they good. It's great. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> yeah, like kids lying in the streets. You know, it's oh, it's that's it's, amazing. It's as it should be really really good to see um yeah yeah long way it can yeah and, was, and we'll stress as a podcast representation matters yeah here 100 yeah um he's going to write sorry go ahead no i he's going to write the giro isn't he yes i think so yes and the first stage is perfect for him i think i looked at the profile profile in Hungary, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, in Hungary. Yes, yes. And the second of... stage is a time trial. And the first stage, I think they wanted to make something for Walter, mm -hmm. but uh, I think it's too easy for him. Uh, it's not perfectly for him, but it should suit um, Binyam. Yeah. Quite good. Maybe if Lady Duck is on his side again. Yeah, definitely. I think that those stages in Hungary look set to be really fire. Like, I think. Pit, Pitcock is oh Pitcock might have changed the journey now, but Matthew van der Poel said he's going to ride. Apparently, um, oh yeah, yeah. So it's going to be Punch's yeah. paradise, I think. Ah, oh. <laughs> that will be amazing. It will be. Are you going, aren't you, Lena? Yes, yes, yes. It's very exciting. As long as long as my knee uh, is well enough, then. But I think so. I will be going. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um. So we. Brings us right up to date. We had Gerard Dorf Landerer today. Um, we had obviously, yeah, we talking of Matthew van der Poel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go on to um, obviously mention in the women's races, maybe as a separate block, um, just whiz through those as well, yeah. Um, but but the men's race was bloody brilliant, wasn't it? It was bloody brilliant, yes, Katie. <laughs> agree, 100%. I mean, compared, compared to like, it's, it's not always the most interesting of classics, um. I find, but I, it was just, you know, when you just get the right combination of people and it, yeah, that front group was, was, yeah, good combination, yeah. And the when they had the uh, the second chasing group with the capture in, and they maintained that forty five second gap, and you're going, they're gonna they're gonna close in, they're gonna close in, and they didn't, and yeah, 
And by the time they got to the line, it'd gone out to like two minutes and some, two minutes and eight. Yeah. So, yeah. They'd, yeah. How fast were they running in then? That must have, with all those attacks in that last 10 kilometers. Amazing. Love it. I did I kind think, of um, hope, sorry. Oh. Oh, I was going to say, I did hope that uh, Campenarts or Kung would have, with one of theirs attacks had taken hold and they were going to take the win. But I'm not going to say I'm disappointed with a, with a Van der Poel finish like that. What's he got? Two wins in seven races now. Yeah, I'm glad his bad back's not really affecting him so far. <laughs> I just want to say um, big props to Ben Turner today. He pulled turns all day in that chase group. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Came home yeah. eighth. He's an absolute... Yeah, he pulled an absolute... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... Um, yeah, did, great. Did well in my games. Thanks. Thanks, Ben. I think the um, <laughs> one of the best quotes that I've heard about him, which is, it's so, it's, you know, when it's, you heard damning someone with faint praise, that phrase. So yeah. I, Tom Pidcock on an interview earlier in the year said, oh yeah, your friend, your friend from Trinity, um, Ben Turner's signing for Ineos. What can you tell us about him? And, and Pidcock said, oh yeah, he takes a lot of wind. <laughs> Great signing. He takes a lot of wind. So, what what a thing to say about your mate? <laughs> but you know, he doesn't just take a lot of wind. He pulls hard on the front, and wow, like what? Yeah. He's got an engine and a half. Track to Mark Two. <laughs> oh, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely a, that in that mold for sure. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Revelation for Ben Bender Clerk. Bender Clerk. <laughs> There's Bender already Clark. a Bender Clerk. We've got a Benjamin de Clerk. We have, has to be some, oh. yeah, it has to be someone else. Oh, there is actually, yeah. Yeah. Just call him Big Ben Tractor. <laughs> Make it Big, Big Ben Tractor. Yeah. Big Ben Tractor. <laughs> Big Ben Tractor. Um, and who else was up there? We had Kung Campanats. We had Van der Poel. Um, the Australian yeah. guy, Kellen O'Brien, was it? Yeah. He did brilliant. Yeah, I think he, there was a suggestion that he might have, you know, had a good go at the sprint if he'd made it that far. But yeah, just got dropped at the end. Yeah. Tish Benoit had a great ride. What about um, Campanart's tooth? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he actually chipped his tooth. He was grinding so hard. I mean, I saw that because you shared it, Katie. I mean, that's dedication, isn't it? <laughs> Real dedication. It's that face he pulls, isn't it? And like, you know, yeah. next time I see him pull that face, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like on edge. You know what? You know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's made my teeth hurt just thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what a what a run into Flanders we've had. Um, it's all lined up to be an absolutely epic race on Sunday. Um, sorry, it's a throwaway term, epic, isn't it? But you've got <laughs> Mathieu van der Poel back in full form, which we never expected. Bart van Aert, possibly the best we've yeah. ever seen him. Um, yeah. Hogg, who I think, you know, he, he'll be hoping that maybe people don't think he's quite up to it after today, but there's no way. That's, today, that was just him having a little, having a little practice. Um, <laughs> and then we that was his training Alain ride. Yeah. Um, is that still on the cards? Did Quickstep actually announce that in the end? Because I saw rumours of it this morning. He did a reckon ride, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, I he did saw a reckon ride. Uh, then this morning, the Quicklink. Um, sorry, not Quicklink. <laughs> Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> Quickstep <laughs> um, <laughs> dropped this kind of mysterious news coming soon with a sort of silhouette of his face on it. So that never happened. Mm. I'm checking their feed now. Yeah. Carry on. Um, talk about yourself. Yeah. 
No, I don't think anyone's announced yet. Ah, so anyway, but either either way, we've got you know, and obviously there's Peace, plenty yes, of there's other. Quickstep are Asgrin, Lampert, Honore, Seneschal, Steve R, and uh, Van Leberg. That sounded like six. Six. There's space for another. <laughs> yeah. They haven't yeah, been... fact, there's only six. They have. Mm. They haven't actually announced him, but there was definitely. Oh, they've deleted it. Interesting. Yeah, that's PCS. So. Huh. Anyway, oh, stay tuned. Special news coming up. They said. Um, but anyway, so he might be there. He might not. But there's plenty of other out. Um, not outsiders. That's a very unfair thing to say. <laughs> very much front runners. Um, Some other people might turn up and have a go. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You've got you've got your yeah. you know your Jasper Stuyvens and. Yeah. yeah, Mads is going to be there. Albert I think Mads Pedersen. And Mads Pedersen. And, you know, there's, yeah. there's going to be many, many. Um, it's, it's, mm. Yeah, it's all, it's all poised. So I, th- I've, I think Gray already has a call for a winner. Is that right? Um, shit, who did I say? You said Mahorich. Oh, Mahorich. Mahorich. Based on. Yeah, he's going to win. Just. Feeling? Got feel. Got feeling. Mm. Yeah. So, feel. yeah. Um, anyone else want to make a bold call at this point? A bold call, or you can make an extremely safe call call if you want. Oh, I see. You know, I'd go for obviously one of the obvious choices and say Matthew Van der Poel, Wout van Aert. Yeah, maybe even Tom Pidcock based on today. I mean. Yeah, I that's yeah. three. That's, not that's one three. You know, I'm just literally going to list list all of them. Or Stefan Kung, it might be him. Kaska, or uh, Mads Pedersen. Or Pedersen. Or Taco Vanderhorn. I think he might do seven. well. Um, <laughs> oh, Anna's just going to list the whole field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't make me pick one. <laughs> what about you, yes. Lena? Oh, Kaska, one, right, yeah. yeah, he's going to do it too. Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah, Lena, do you have a, do you have a feeling? I think Pogacar will do really well. Pugaccia. Really, really well. Yeah. I think it will be a lot better I, I, than people might expect after today. I talked about it with Peter in January, I think. And I told him then that I think he would... Re- after he announced that he would ride Dwastos, I told uh, Peter Pogacar will do really well in, in uh, Flandern because if he wouldn't target it, he would just ride uh, one race like Roglic to prepare and that would be it. Mm-hmm. To prepare for the tour, but with two races, I thought okay. And he wants the the monuments. I mean, that's that's been clear since uh, Lombardia, I think. Yeah. And yeah, and I I also think that the Honda is easier is the wrong word, but much more possible for him than Milano Sanremo, because that race is so yeah. easy. That it's not easy, but it's not hard enough for him to to show his qualities, yeah. and uh, the Ronda is much much harder. Definitely, yeah, exactly. Because Milan San Remo just ends up being a lottery, really, in that last bit, and it's there's not enough time for him to lose the likes of you know Van der Poel and Van Aert. But anyway, we should talk about women's racing. Um, there's been a lot of sprinting, uh, even in some races that we might not have expected some sprinting. Um, and yeah, so what have you made of the women's classics? Elisa Balsamo is great. She is, isn't she? <laughs> that is a great summary. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> no, Elisa Balsamo ha- absolutely is just in the form of her life. Um, 
still waiting for a full-on one to, like head-to-head with Lorena Weavers in full because she broke a spoke, didn't she, at Brugge de Pana? Um, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, oh, it was just so gutting because so excited to see those two face off and. And it just didn't quite come together. And then Weebus crashed, I think, at Gent Wavergum, or she wasn't in the front group. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she crashed, she crashed, and then she couldn't make it to the front group again. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's that sort of having them both there feels like, you know, that's that's going to be the ultimate battle. Um, but as it as it is, we've got um, we had more of a climby sort of a race today. A bit more, anyway. Yes, and we had a yeah. And there was a, a lorry just left. I saw that, but that um, with whilst I was working today, I still managed to do that part. <laughs> they were just having to to make their way around a lorry, which was just left on the track. There seems and... to be an incredible amount of of that in women's racing. Like, yeah, I just wonder whether it's a sort of uh, you wouldn't see that in the men's race, would you? I just don't know whether that's an impression, or whether that's an actual fact, whether this. I, I don't know. Do you know, it's the impression I get is that these sort of things of cars being left on to be hazard seems to happen more prevalent in the women's races yeah definitely it was what what race was it when there was just was it Ronde van Drenth or it was one race where there was just the time trial was a complete shambles yeah they were, yeah and they had like like vans reversing into their into their way and you know other cyclists just out on a casual sunday bike ride just cycling towards them yeah that's you yeah, know it was and they said they couldn't close the roads didn't they? Or oh, we couldn't, we can't make people not go on the roads. It's like we could. You did manage it for the men's ones, didn't you? Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's a little bit. I've never seen Ghana had to, you know, go round a reversing van. That's never happened, does it? You know? <laughs> I think that never the reversing, has Ghana van, gone past the the reversing van would have to, like, would have to run away <laughs> in fear. <laughs> yeah. There's no, like, Sunday cyclist out for a road, you know, you know, beside him. All right. Never, never happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So today we had, we had at least. <laughs> Sorry. There was just one lorry, I think, as far as I know. There was, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. the one lorry. Just, yeah. just the just one, one major, lorry. like one hazard to their safety. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, we 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 did have a sort of a thinning, a, a whittling down, if you will, to use Carton's. Is it Carton's term? I don't even know. Um, and we did, but we still ended up with a sprint. But it was a reduced sprint because obviously a lot of the other teams had lost their um, sprinters by then, and we ended up with Kiara and Sunny coming through for the win, and that and that was a really good win. She seemed very happy, and I'm not surprised because if, yeah. if you're regularly racing against Elisa Balsamo and Lorena Weavers, you know, and you're a sprinter, it's not a massive amount of opportunity to get in there. But yeah, I thought maybe Van Fluten might come through today. What did anyone else make of of it? It's fun fluent. Oh, it was a really, so. really tight finish. It was weird, wasn't it? Sorry. Around. No, no, go on. No, no, after you. Uh, I think she posted on social media or in an interview. She said that um, she felt this race was a good uh, wake up call. It's maybe the wrong word, but um, that she felt it was a good um, race for her to prepare for, for the Ronde and to uh, get really into the mood um, that the Ronde will be better. Mm, I will look it up again. Well, Anamique said that. Yeah, Anamique said okay. that, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I saw she did a lot of work on the front, actually, so I think she was obviously not planning on... I think it was, a work, it was work on the front rather than trying to get away from the front, so she was obviously working for her sprinter. 
I'm trying to remember what race it actually was with that time trial. It was, it it was, was the, the stage toy race, one, wasn't it? It was the sex toy race, wasn't it? Oh, was it? The blue zone. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't remember what it was officially called, but it was the sex toy race. Easy toys. Yeah. Blue zone. Easy, to, easy, easy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway. Um, I think we're nearly like done, aren't we? Um, we finished. We were talking about what was the I last think we, are. we talked about. Yeah, I think we're nearly done. Uh, we need to do a finish. Yeah. There? You've been listening to Quicklink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at Quicklink Pod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. Share the show, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now.